Anxiety, everybody, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. And I'm going to make a confession. I have neglected a specific type of guest. Yes, it's everybody. I admit that I have neglected the unsigned artist. And this pandemic is a very weird time for unsigned artists. My guest on this episode is one of those artists, Autumn Hawk Percival. Her band, The Hawk Percival and Friends, is navigating some really weird times. We talk about the pandemic and how being in lockdown has actually helped her. We also discuss a mutual love of Neil Young, dealing with depression. We talk about Jethro Tull, both the band and her dog. And we dive into the lost art of listening to an entire album, front to back. You can find the Hawk Percival on Bandcamp. Follow them at the Hawk Percival on Instagram. Follow us at Performance ANX on all social media. Email us at the Performance Anxiety Pod at gmail.com with comments, ideas, whatever you have. Subscribe, rate, review, check out all the great shows on Pantheon Podcast Network. And let's dive right into our show with the Hawk Percival on Performance Anxiety. Okay. And if it helps, I'll put my hand up so you don't have to see me. Because I know sometimes, sometimes if, if you're looking at me, it's weird. <laughs> okay. Here. Okay, ready? Okay. So, hi, my name is... Oh, fuck, I already fucked it up. That's so weird. <laughs> I'm like, how did I mess up saying my name? For a second, I was like, wait. Wait, like, how should I say my name? Like, let's start that over. Okay. So hi, my name is Autumn Hawk Percival and I play in Hawk Percival and Friends and tonight I'm on Performance Anxiety. Well, thank you for coming on. This is, uh, this is really cool. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess the first thing to do is to just learn a little bit more about you. That's, that's what the whole ep- the podcast, I guess, is, is about is learning about uh, some really cool artists, how you got into music and how you got to where you are. So the first thing I want to know is how did you get into music? Was your family musical? Did you start with music at an early age? Yeah, um, my family's not musical, actually. Um, I started piano with my mom, though, even though like she's not really musical, um, she wanted me to like take piano more for like discipline. I had a lot of energy as a kid. So she was hoping yeah. piano would like help me like sit still. <laughs> it didn't really, but at least I learned an instrument, you know? Yeah. And so that kind of like, that's definitely started it. And, um, from playing piano, I started at like seven, like six or seven. And then, um, I think I started playing guitar at nine. But before that, um, when I was like seven or eight, like however old you were in second grade, yeah. um, someone brought in Yellow Submarine to class. And that's what started it for me, honestly. Wow. Yeah, watching the it. The Beatles, huh? Yeah. I feel like that's everyone. Like, the Beatles got me in music. Well, they really did. It, yeah, it's true. But you're also 
a lot younger than a lot of people who have that influence. So, so that's pretty cool that it's still, it's still influential. And Yellow Submarine, to be honest, I mean, I don't know, I guess maybe for a kid that could be. Yeah, you know, now that's definitely not my favorite yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not the Beatles album I would go to to introduce exactly. something to the Beatles unless they're seven or eight years old exactly yeah exactly <laughs> if I had kids or something like I would listen to it but <laughs> yeah exactly throwing a little octopus's garden on the side yeah exactly yeah so, so alright so you start off with piano and guitar when did when did singing really take hold was that was that before you even started playing an instrument or did it happen later Definitely. I always kind of just sang all the time when I was little. Like, I was just one of those kids. I was always, like, performing for, like, my friend's parents. Like, I was, like, really obnoxious. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I, I was always singing, honestly. That was just always something I liked to do. Yeah. What kind of music was, were you guys listening to in the house? I mean, you said the Beatles, but what were you, what were you singing? What was going on? Well, not that, because honestly, my like personal music taste has is not like close to my family's music taste. Like, my mom likes Holland Oates. Like, she likes kind yes. of like, yeah. Love your mom. That's like her era, yeah. <laughs> and then randomly, she likes Mariah Carey a lot. It's her favorite. Because my mom's very oh, wow. early. Oh, well, you know, I, I had her drummer on about a six or eight months ago, Gigi Gonaway. Oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah, you know, the whole big uh, um, big Unplugged show that she did with MTV, he was the drummer for that. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. Oh my God, my mom loved that. Oh yeah, he <laughs> toured with her for like like a decade or something. It was pretty crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, that must be insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and And... The guy's name is Gigi Gonaway. Dude, he has the best laugh. Oh, it's hilarious. It's like so <laughs> infectious. So everybody go check out uh, my episode with Gigi Gonaway. Yeah. So, <laughs> plug myself in my own right? podcast. There you go. I love it. So where did you grow up? What, what area of the country? I grew up in California. I was born in Salem, Massachusetts, randomly. Oh, wow. But yeah, super random. But I was raised like on the west side okay. in L.A. Okay, so not with all the witches and the no, burning and the dunking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all like the beach kids and like, I went to school like close to Venice. Okay, okay. Yeah. I know a little bit about that. I don't know, I'm not real super familiar with California geography, yeah. but I know a little bit about that. So, All right, so when did you start performing in public? How did that get started? I'm trying to think, like, with a band or just, like, in general? Just in, just in general, before you even started a band. Or, um, or did it start before you were in bands? Well, kind of. Like, I was always in, like, jazz band at school or, like, some form of, like, music class, whatever that school had. So yeah. I would definitely, like, um, do performances. But most of the time I was playing bass. And, like, it was none of my original things. Like, we were just playing covers for, like, the parents, you oh. know, like, school stuff. Okay. Yeah, so that was like high school. High school, definitely high school. That's when that started. All right, all right. And when did it become more you when singing your own music? Probably, is it five years? I think five years ago, because I lose track of time when my band started because I've had like multiple lineups. So like a solid one I've had for five years. 
So I think probably then, like, honestly, with them, I felt the most, like, solid and grounded. So. Okay. The last five years, yeah. Were you writing your own music before that? And when did you start writing your own material? Uh, okay, let me, probably, hmm, like, real songs, probably a little bit before college, like, maybe when I was, like, 17-ish, 18, maybe 16, yeah. 17, like, when you get, like, angsty and stuff like that. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some people turn to other things, some people turn to music, so. Exactly. Were you in other bands before Hawk Percival and Friends? No, I've only played my own stuff. I'm wow. I'm singing on like my friends' tracks, but I always just play with my band only. Oh wow! So how did how did you just okay? First of all, I want to know how did you decide on the name the Hawk Percival and Friends? Okay, um, well, Hawk Percival comes from Hawk is my spirit animal, like my animal guide's a hawk. And then Percival comes from Neil Percival Young. I worshiped Neil Young since I was, I think I was 12 or 13 the first time I heard Neil Young. Okay. All right. So since then, I've been like, oh my God, I'm all about him. And so I I think I chose that name like when I was 16 ish. That's fantastic. I'm a huge Neil Young fan myself. In fact, (gasps) one of the other cool things about. I'm recently joined uh, a podcast network, Pantheon Podcast, and they've they've got a Neil Young podcast. And in fact, the network themselves are endorsed by Neil Young. If you go to their webpage, there's a a quote from Neil Young on the the page. Wow. But this is a really cool show. It's called Long May You Young. And what they're doing is (laughs) going through every single Neil Young album sequentially. And they're, they're, oh. yeah, they're talking about, they're, they're you should check that out. Oh my God. You yes. Should, absolutely. You, you should. They're, if, if you're on uh, social media, it's long may you young, go to okay. Pantheon podcast.com. I think God, I'm still so new at that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that is either. Yeah. Just check out long may you young. You're not going to find too much besides their podcast. Okay. Yeah. That. But the wow, funny guys. Oh yeah. It's, it's a great podcast. I'm having a blast. I'm <gasps> new to finding it out. They just actually did an interview with Nils Lofgren for the decade album. So it's really cool. Oh wow. That's so cool. So shout out to my network mates at uh, long may you young. All right. So, <laughs> so what, what got you into Neil Young? What was the first album that, that you had? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, Probably just the song. Was it Cowgirl in the Sand? Oh, well, there it was either Old Man or Cowgirl. In the, definitely Cowgirl in the Sand because Old Man came later. Because yep. I did like a school project on that, but um, definitely <laughs> um, really? Cowgirl. Yeah. What, what kind crazy. of school project did you do on Neil Young? <laughs> well, your sister was in middle school, so I think it was like twelve or thirteen, and like, <laughs> we were supposed to bring a piece of poetry. And analyze it line by line. So wow. I brought Neil Young, old man, because to me, he was poetry, you know? He is. Wow. Oh, he, he is uh, one of the best songwriters this country, uh, well, any country has ever produced. Canada, I guess. <laughs> I forget he's Canadian. I do, too. I do, too. Cool, because he doesn't live there sorry, anymore. Yeah. I know. I know. Half my guests have been from Canada, so I gotta, I'm, I'm sorry, oh, guys. Yeah. 
Sorry. We're appropriating Neil Young. I know. Oh, gosh. But anyway, yeah, he's I he's been one of my favorites for for you know, since I was in college, I guess. So and yeah. for me, it started out with with Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere album. Yeah. yeah. Really the first album I had of his. So it, that's what kicked it off because the guitar sound, the guitar, the enormous solos and... and right, that's what I love. Yeah. yeah. And, um, all right, so what's, all right, what's your favorite Neil song with Crazy Horse then? Uh, oh, probably... I'm like, is Cortez the killer? Yeah, that's what I was yeah, going to say. That, that is, that's, that's my favorite too. Cortez the killer is my favorite, yeah. It's And and Like a Hurricane is a close second. Yes, but, Like a Hurricane. But Cortez the killer is just incredible. <sighs> so good. So, all right. So, so you're a big Neil Young fan. Does, it, does that, you try to incorporate that into your songwriting at all? Because th- what I've heard from, as my voice cracks, what I've heard <laughs> of your, from your music, musically, it doesn't sound a lot like, uh, like Crazy Horse. If anything, it sounds closer to Buffalo Springfield. That makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> honestly, I love, like, because I feel like Buffalo Springfield, like the same, it's the same vibe as like Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Like mm-hmm. I love that kind of vibe of rock and roll. Yes. But I do love listening to heavy. Like most of my heavy influences, I feel like you won't really hear that much. Yeah. I, you know? I would, in, in what I've heard, and I've heard the two songs that have been released and uh, the music that you sent me. Yeah. And it's great. It is awesome Thank stuff. I love it. It's got a great, like I said, late '60s vibe, and your vocals fit right in with that. Like, like some of the great girl groups of the of the late '60s and all, or mid mid to late I '60s. I love that. Yeah. Well, it it's it shows because it's yeah. it comes through when you're singing, and it's it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thanks a lot. One, two, three, four. I can't actually a very refreshing sound compared to because I, t- I tend to go to a little heavier side myself you've got bands like you know Devin Townsend um, Catatonia even even bands like Black Rubber Motorcycle Club oh yeah so you know a little, little heavier stuff and, and your stuff is a little more retro sounding little little as far as, as far as the sound, and, and you know, I haven't had a chance to go through the lyrics or anything, but the sound wise, it's a little, it's lighter, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's almost like Alabama shakes, but kind of sweeter. Oh, wow. Thanks. Well, Brittany Howard's just a, she's just killer. Yeah. So. Oh my God. So cool. Are any of those bands influences? Are Alabama shakes influences? Um, no, honestly, I'm pretty like. I only be that person that's like I only listen to old music. But right. like I kind of do, honestly, unless it's like hip hop or 
I don't really like electronic music. I like soundscape more. So that's the more modern that I'll listen to. Okay. But in regards to like rock and like soul, it's always going to be from like the 60s, like late 70s. Oh, Good Those stuff. are all my influences. Yeah, the good stuff. Those <laughs> are all my influences come from. So who who is your influence on guitar? Because you actually play some amazing guitar on the on the, what I've heard. It is just I, I don't know. It fits right into that that awesome late sixties period where where people were just you know musicians guitars were just starting to really stretch things out a bit, and you don't go and in. in Again, I'm, I'm qualifying all this with what I've heard. Yes, yeah. It, 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 I don't hear like extended solos or anything like that, but it's all very solid, great yeah. riffing. Well, that, I'm like that. If you're referring to the lead, that's my guitar, my lead guitar player. Okay. I'm the rhythm. He's very, he's has modern influences, but like he's very classic rock rooted. His main influence is like the Grateful Dead. I call him my Jerry. Wow. <laughs> He's really good and like at fitting in with my melodies. And I honestly purposely like when I'm writing melodies, I write it so like he can just like fill in the pockets. That's... Like I always have him in mind. Oh, that is awesome. That that's that's what a band should be doing, right? Yeah, right. So who yeah. so so who's in the band? Um, okay, so we have well, me. You, you're, you're Hawk Percival. Who are yeah, the friends? I'm Hawk Percival. And then my friends, <laughs> we have Dylan Rodrigue. And he's been like, he's one of my best friends. I've known him. How long ago was college? Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, wait, for you or me? Yes. I'm, I'm like, like eight, seven decades to eight ish years. Yeah. Like seven ish, eight ish years. Because I, I took like a gap year. So I think I started at like 19 ish. I took like 15 gap nine years. years. Maybe like nine years. Wow. We've I took like 15 like gap nine. years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I left school and then I went back like 15 years later to finish. Oh my God. That's amazing. Oh, oh I don't know. <laughs> it was rough. It was, it was rough. Oh, so anyway, okay. So, so the band, who else? You've got oh, yeah. Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. He's my guitar player. He's like my ride or die. He's been with me through most of the lineups and like, he's always stood by my side. He understands me on a creative level and emotional level. He's just like my first mate. I can call him first man, the captain. <laughs> sometimes he's a captain too, because I'm a little airy and like space cadet So sometimes <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> so you're co-captaining this, this ship of exactly. the whole Yes. When it comes to, like, directing and, like, because I'm very, like, he's very theory-based and, like, he finished art school. I did it. Uh, (laughs) I'm right there with (laughs) him. Yeah. He's, like, the music director sometimes, you know? Okay. Okay. But Who um, who else do we have? Okay, and then we have Robert. He's my drummer. I I have a sweet spot for him. I love him. He has been with me, too, for five years. My basis, I think... Now will be like two years. I'm really weird with time, but yeah. well, <laughs> you know, like... when when you're writing and gigging and and, and playing, it, it it doesn't always you don't always keep track of it. So exactly, I just know that we've been with each other for a while, and like it feels like family. But we have Robert, my drummer. He's amazing. Um, I found him. He was playing in one of my ex's bands. He's like my close friend. 
and it was during uh, which meatloaf it was during a meatloaf song it was like at the party and like <laughs> he did this crazy like drum fill and like I I was on the side of the stage and I literally like leaned into his kit and I was like dude 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 I'm talking to you like while he's like playing, like I'm talking to you after the set like this and that's how I got it that's awesome I love it uh, it's yeah good times and then Marcus he also from another ex's band he's just the best I feel like he's um, the grounding force because I don't know if you're in, uh, into astrology or not he's a Capricorn so like he keeps everything like hey like okay. let's stay on direction like, I'm gonna, I don't know anything about that so I'll take your word for it yeah so I don't know I, I was born at the end of June so I don't know what, what I, what oh I am you might be a cancer I think, that, think that sounds right June 28th so I think that's oh my god yeah you are okay there we go <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm a, I'm, I'm a crabby, okay. kind of a jackass, maybe. <laughs> like to pinch people. I don't know. Uh, all right, so so you've been with these guys for quite a while now, and it 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 sounds like it in the recording because you guys sound really tight, really together. You you play very loose, but you, as a band, it's yes. old Led Zeppelin tight but loose thing yes i like chaos with structure that's my thing yes yes so speaking of that that is kind of how we met was through scarlet sabet yeah so how did you know how do you know scarlet um from instagram honestly we connected from her poetry yes okay. from her poetry like she would post and i would just like read it and then we ended up messaging and then we just like became friends from that She's such a sweetheart. She came on. She's amazing. Oh, she she's one of the sweetest guests I've I've ever had on the podcast. It was. Aww. I was kind of surprised that she agreed to come on. It's kind. I was. I was. Wasn't really. Expecting, yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting it at all. And then when I, when she came on, I, I honestly I didn't know what to expect because of you know who she's associated with. And yeah. So I was like, uh, you know, I don't. I, but I, I did a ton of homework, and we went and we we talked for like two hours. Oh my god! So it was <laughs> yeah, and she was so sweet. I was so thrilled. It's it was one of my favorite episodes. Oh so, my gosh, she's so great, so smart, and oh yeah, I just love like I feel like all musicians were hopeless romantics, you know. So I'm a sucker for a good love poem. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm a sucker for Jimmy Page. So anything associated with him, I'm like, I got it. And that's actually kind of funny because I I met her through Jimmy's daughter Scarlett because I oh, had wow. her on. Yeah, I had her. Oh, I, my name. I know, I know. I had her on the podcast first because of the photography connection. So I loved her. Oh, wow. Loved her work, and I, you know, I was a professional for about 10, 12 years. So I reached out to her, and she said, "Yeah, sure." Then she said, "You, you should have Scarlett Sabet on." So okay, well, I'll reach out to her. So I reached out, and I didn't really hear anything. And I saw yeah. she was doing a live Instagram, so I, I got on that, and I said, "Hey, you should come on my podcast." I said it to her, and she's like, "Oh, she's like, I should come on." Okay, yeah, I think we can do that. <laughs> so I, I sent her an email and I said, hey, you know, uh, Scarlett Page has been on. You can feel free to talk to her about how it went. Yeah. And so she actually did. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's really easy. Real, you, just, you just sit back and have a chat. 
She's oh, like, no. thank you. <laughs> so yeah, so that was that was really cool. And she, like I said, she was one of the nicest people I've ever had on this show. So so that's how yeah. you, I I got introduced to your music is through her. And I actually I think during that Instagram live, I, I went and found on Bandcamp and I listened to the track you have on on Bandcamp. I might be dead. Oh yes, yes. And I was like damn, this is good. And that's when I sent the Aww. message on the Instagram live saying, hey, you want to come on the podcast? Yeah, I remember. So, so thank you, Scarlett. <laughs> that song, it's an interesting title. I Might Be Dead. So <laughs> how did, what is this song about? Because the, the, the lyric, I found it intriguing that, that the chorus is, I might be dead, but I've got a lot of love in me. Love in me. That is... <laughs> That's great songwriting. I love it. What is there anything, what's behind the song? I'll feel it over day by nothing for a very long time. I was in love, but now I feel nothing. I might be dead, but I have a lot of love in me. comes from I'm a huge Jethro Tull fan my dog's actually oh, named wow. Jethro Tull <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's better than Aqualung I guess what'd you say yeah way better you, you don't want to name your dog Aqualung I know it's not as catchy as Jethro <laughs> right <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> but then there's um this song um one of like the many like 30 minute long songs yes. um there's passion play like the album passion play yes and in part one of Passion Play, there's a line that goes, and so I'm dead, the young man said. And okay. for some reason, my whole, like for years, that line always stuck with me. And I was just like, I wanted to say something like that, like, and so I'm dead. Because I'm diagnosed with major depressive disorders, and I've always felt like dead on the inside in a way. Really? You know? You're so effervescent. <laughs> Thank you. It's it's, I just That's surprising. Like to be gloomy, you know. Okay. Well, that, I try not to be gloomy, but um, so it comes from that. That's where I might be dead comes from living with depression, but also learning like okay, maybe I won't feel as happy as other people, and like I'll never reach that point. But it doesn't mean like I can't still enjoy life or enjoy things that other people enjoy, right. even though have like a little storm cloud on me sometimes wow and so that's where the, i've got a lot of love in me comes from that's fantastic that's a great that, i mean now that that means even more now that i know about that <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors you and i have kind of talked a little bit offline and mm-hmm. uh, you're working on an, on a, your debut album. Yes. But we're in kind of a weird time right now. How yeah. how has that affected <laughs> work? You know, recording and writing. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> recording. I just say the oh God because I was supposed to be in the studio. I was planning on being in like an actual studio, you know, to record. But I've had to record at home. It's not that it's bad at home. I just 
obviously studios have like more instruments than I do and like flash yeah. your gear. Yes. Yeah. Like you know? yeah. Mixing boards. Yeah, we do more in like the zone, but so I've had to let go of that, you know, the superficial aspect, but yeah. it's been okay. You know, it's been okay recording at home. I do miss like being in the same room with my band. That has been hard. So uh, I miss that a lot. So how are you guys doing it? Are you sending tracks to the guys and they're recording their parts of it? And you just kind of, yeah. wow. <laughs> so you're just trying Everything's to mention it. Everything's over email. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, God. it's crazy, but I have an amazing engineer. His name is Nicholas Essick. He's so, he's really good so, and really patient and understanding. <laughs> you kind of have to be in right now. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, it's, 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 it's an unprecedented time for, for so many things. It's unbelievable. Yes. And, you know, and, and I've kind of it hurts me to see so many great people having to struggle so much i mean i've been so blessed that my job hasn't shut down and they consider and this is the uh, this is the only time they would ever actually consider me essential you know i asked for a raise and i'm not essential enough but <laughs> you know you got to get your day-to-day work done yeah oh yeah you're essential yeah <laughs> so uh, you know i've unfortunately had steady employment through this but if you know, if I was still in photography, I wouldn't. And so, yeah, and yeah. so, I can kind of, I, I kind of feel it. You know what what you, what a lot of artists are going through, and it's it's a struggle like I've never seen before for anybody. Yeah, I feel like for like visual art, like uh, photography, where you need like another person, like acting, it's a struggle right now. But for a lot of musicians I've talked to. It's actually been good because most musicians or at least songwriters, like I personally, I am always working at home. Yeah. I'm always working on my own unless I'm in rehearsal or I'm in the studio. Okay. Recording. So it's been really beneficial. And like, I've had time to organize my songs because I'm trying not to write right now. I have a lot wow. of songs. So I'm trying to. That's. Or- it to fit into one album. Wow, I've never heard anybody say I'm trying not to write right now. Yeah. That's a first. <laughs> it's it's so it's a blessing and a curse, honestly. Because it's great. Like when there was a point when I didn't have enough songs, I was like, yeah, okay, I can write like all of these. Like sometimes it feels like anytime I touch a guitar, I like wrote a hook. Or like anytime oh. I'm on the piano, like I came up with three hooks. But now I'm just like, okay, maybe I should like start giving songs to other people because I need to like stop flowing right now. There you go. (laughs) So how far along are you guys in the recording process and in the process of creating the the first Hawk Percival and Friends album? Well, right now we're dealing with the next single and that's the one like I I sent you the demo and I'm actually, I should have the master in like a couple days. So that should wow. be out in the next like two weeks. Oh, like gosh. finally. But, which, uh, now, which, which song is that? It's I-N-T-P-T. That's <laughs> the, out of the ones you sent me. That's my favorite. <gasps> oh, yeah. I was going to mention that because, but I didn't know what it stood for. So I said, <laughs> right, I'm going to ask about that one. So.
change the name? I don't know. It's um, I don't know if you've heard of like the Myers Briggs test. I'm, I'm yes. into psychology. Yeah, I really love psychology, and that's a psychology test, and it tells you your personality type, and it's based off of um on the root level introvert and extrovert, and, like, yes. the different subgroups within that. Yes, I had to do one of those for work or something. Oh, wow! A while ago, yeah. That's I don't know cool. why it, I, I don't deal with the public or our customers at all. So I don't know why they made yeah. me take it. But, That's interesting. But they made everybody take it. So. Oh, wow. Um, I guess yeah, be helpful in situations like that. Well, it's, it's funny. I, I think it's to try to help you plan a career path, but that's as far as they went with helping me try to plan a career path here. Take this <laughs> test. <laughs> Thanks. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe your career is somewhere else. Right. <laughs> but so, so this is your debut album that you're working on. So what is the environment like right now for new bands like you guys in, in as far as distribution and and record labels and having are you having to do it in everything independently? Well, right now, yes. Unfortunately, I'm not signed right now, but I still, like, I can do a lot for myself, you know, but just not on the global, like, mass level, like, labels can, but nothing, like, the quarantine hasn't affected me that deeply because I'm not on, like, a global level, like, or I know some people who are supposed to, like, come out as artists, like, they signed right before the quarantine, and, like, The quarantine didn't happen. They would be doing all their promos and stuff, but they actually had to stop. Yeah, yeah, that, that's because I know there's a lot of, uh, you, you know, record labels go out and you, you get showcase gigs and all. Exactly. And, You're traveling. We can't do that right now. Yeah. So I, I just, I'm just curious as to, as to if you know, I mean, because you would be doing things like that right now. Are, are labels doing anything differently are they are they do they just want to hear demos at this point do you i mean are you getting any well, feedback they're definitely from more open like a lot of um like oh shoot which like rough trade like yes. i don't know if you know rough trade they're new york yeah like um a lot of their labels right now are open for demo submissions it doesn't mean they didn't clarify if they're signing anyone or not but they're open. Usually they're not, you know? Oh, so okay. I feel like a lot of labels right now are more interested in listening to like gather intel and like people that could possibly blow up once quarantine's over. Right. You know? Get a, get a head start on, on people before they start gigging again. Exactly. You know? And that's why too, like I used to work in the studio and like, I've learned that labels respect artists that do most of the work by themselves first. Okay. You know, there's the less money because they're a corporation. Labels are corporations or business. The yeah. less money they have to put into you and the more you make, the better for that. Yeah. And, and if you're doing most of the work up front, you know, because physical copies aren't selling like they used to with streaming. No, and, and, no. Unless it's vinyl, but that's for bigger bands and it's for novelty reason not because exactly. people are actually listening to the vinyl exactly i just had that conversation with somebody oh who the hell was it i don't remember one of, one of the guys we were just talking about that how uh, vinyl sales are up unbelievably but it's just really for collectability people aren't yeah, playing them yes. and like that's so yeah. bizarre to me <laughs> yeah because i'm i'm a i'm i'm not a huge vinyl collector to be honest i always like cds 
Oh, wow. It sounds great. They're portable. And, yes. and I still actually have the physical. And, and you know, they're, they're a lot sturdier than vinyl. You can take them. They don't get damaged as easily. That's true. And uh, I still have a physical copy, so I feel like I actually own it. That's the problem with for me with digital downloads is that I don't, even if I pay 10 bucks for an album or 15 bucks for an album or, or a dollar, even a dollar for a, a single track, I yeah. don't have a physical copy. So I, I kind of just feel like I'm renting it. Because if, if something were to happen to my computer, then that's, that's gone. That's true. I understand. Yeah, and I think that's why... It- that reasoning is like why people buy vinyl now, you know, they feel like they're holding on to something. Exactly. And and the cool thing is that, you know, with vinyl and even CDs, even though it's smaller, you still get artwork. That's true. That's why I like vinyl, you know? Yeah. For the art. You know, you should be listening to it. Well, see, but that's the thing. It's another thing that we've kind of lost, in in my opinion, with with everybody being so busy, is that the, the, the art of just sitting down and listening to an album front to back. It's, yeah, it's, it is a lost art. And because I remember... People do that. Yeah, I remember, I remember being a kid, you know, going out and buying a record or a tape or a CD, going to my room, putting it on, and not doing anything but looking at the artwork and reading the liner notes. You know, seeing yes. who played on what track and who they thank. Because when I read the liner notes, oh, thanks yeah. to this band and this band and this band. I'm like, those are the guys I got to check out next. Yes. So I think all of that has gotten lost with the, with the digital age because you can, you can stream the songs whenever you want in whatever order you want. You know, even with CDs, you can, you, you can, yeah, with CDs, you can skip around, but it's harder to, to skip albums and, and just, it's yeah. not a flick of a finger and, and you're at a completely different genre, you know, yes. even with, it still takes a little effort to do that with a CD, but. You don't even get the artwork with, with the digital stuff. I mean, with yeah, digital. you do get artwork technically, but... But not in a way, like, where it feels like, wow, like, this is really here. And, like, let me look at this and, like, study it. You can't... I honestly forget that's included sometimes I, digital downloads. I do, too, all the time. And I'm not going to sit there and listen to the track and stare at my computer screen looking at a JPEG. Right. <laughs> You know, I know. I'm sorry. And, you know, being a, a visual artist myself, it, it hurts me <laughs> to say that, but I'm it's not going to. It's true. Yeah. I'm not going to stare at my computer screen while I'm listening to, you know, yes. the new Failure album that I just downloaded. <laughs> yeah. So, gosh. So, you're not, unfortunately, you're not gigging. You're not in the studio. Are you able to, to get the band together at all, to play together, to, to practice, or is everything just isolation? Yeah, it's isolation right now, because I just wow. don't want to risk it. I mean, I am seeing, actually, my band to hang out like in social distance this yeah. weekend, not playing. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Which kind of things. Yeah, it's nice to see them. I miss them, like, on a family level. They're my family, definitely. Oh, yeah. How close to to a finished product can you get before you send everything off to the engineer? I mean, is it because I know I've had some producers and stuff on the show, and you know when you're in the studio, they're they're giving you suggestions on what to try. Hey, maybe you do this, maybe you try that. Let's change the you know let's change the beats, let's drop it three BPM, and that can make the entire difference in a song. But you guys have to do that all on your own right now. Is it more challenging when you don't have that kind of direction or are you guys just used to, to doing it all on your own anyway? 
Well, yeah, I'm I'm always the main producer, and I'll let my guitar player produce with me too sometimes. But cool. honestly, I like that. I'm I'm always I'm a I like to work. It's weird, but <laughs> <laughs> I like working. <laughs> I like to work. I do. I like to work, and especially like producing is one of my favorites. Oh yeah. You know? I call it, well, I try not to say Phil Spector mode anymore because he's not, he's not yeah. questionable. Yeah, it, Phil Spector mode means something completely different now than no, it used to. It means something so <laughs> scary. Usually, I guess I go into like George Martin mode. Okay, you know? there you go. That's that's much better. That's what, yeah, and that's more PC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't known for carrying firearms. I know. I know. I hope he wasn't. So you're you're really open if you're producing them, then you must be really open to just experimenting with different things and on your own songs. Yeah. That's good. Definitely. It's fun. I've honestly I've learned less is more is one of the things I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a while, but we got there. But you don't get too attached to your demos then. No, I'm not. It's weird. With the song, yes. It took me a while to be able to accept like, criticism or even arrangement notes, you know? Right, okay. But when it comes to producing, I think it's because I'm changing something that's me already. It doesn't feel violent because I'm like, okay, it's me. I trust me. Okay. Like, I know that I'll know what to do. I'm yeah. pretty type A. <laughs> <laughs> no, really? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but... When I do have moments where I'm just like, God, like, I can't tell if this sounds good, if this sounds good, because sometimes I worry. Because when I get too excited, I'm like, okay, is that, like, my ego saying it sounds good? Or, like, does it actually sound good? And that's what I'll call my guitar player. Or be like, can you please tell me, like, does it sound good? Or, like, tell me how should I adjust it, you know? And then wow. he'll tell me that, yeah. That's great. Have, have uh, you know, you work on your very first album to be able to have that kind of perspective. You don't hear about bands and artists doing that a lot yeah producing on their own or? yeah well producing and being open to changing things and, and bringing other uh, uh, opinions and perspectives in especially in your first album because and, and you're doing it yourself because a lot a lot of what I've heard from some of the producers is that a lot of a lot of young and new artists will get demoitis where they're just <gasps> attached to the demos and is like, if you like the demos that much why don't we just we just release the demos as the album no so. no i'm not so i also i struggle with um i call it toxic perfectionism oh, but to wow. me nothing will ever be done you know and i have to kind of just say like okay now it has to be done at some point so that's why i don't have problems changing because in my mind i'm like okay then it's not perfect that's why it needs to be changed so let's keep doing it you know? ah, okay 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 that makes sense to me Perfect sense to me. <laughs> All right. So has the uh, the virus and the lockdown and everything, has that changed how you approach your music writing or performing? Mm, no. I'm trying to think. No. If anything, well, the way it's affected, like, not quarantine, not corona itself, but... Quarantine, I'm my like arrangements have gone better. I've gone better at like larger arrangements and like not necessarily having a bunch of things, but it still sounds like larger than life. Yeah. 
honestly, COVID's been benefiting me. Like, I know that sounds <laughs> like no. Interesting. <laughs> But it has, honestly, because I'm very, I've always been a kind of um, loner type person, like solitude is very important to me. And I believe in using solitude to enhance like your talents, to reflect on yourself, to practice, to get better at anything you need to do. Okay. You know, so that's why quarantine, when it happened, I was like, okay, just more study time, more just like, let's see, (laughs) like I got better at baking, you know, I got better at arranging, like. That was okay. So I did hear that. I heard that during this time down, you've actually gone and, and done a lot of cooking. Yes. <laughs> so, what is, what's your go to at this point with cooking? Well, right now, like in the last three weeks, I switched to a completely vegan diet. Oh, wow. So, I'm like, what do I like to make? Well, I make this pasta sauce that technically, I mean, it's not vegan because I put anchovies in it. But it doesn't have any of meat. <laughs> I won't tell anybody. Yeah, right? It's my secret ingredient. No. You know? <laughs> oh, I wish this was on video. I wish I was taping I'm releasing this on video right now. That was great. That was, a, that was a, the sweetest, most subtle little wink I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you got some pasta sauce. And, and uh, so basically... You, um, I'm, honestly, I'm really good at like making healthy versions of the takeout I usually get. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. That's what I taught myself during quarantine. So I've been really healthy, honestly, <laughs> during quarantine. That's fantastic. I know my wife and I, we've had to change up our diet. She's had some health problems that we've had to change up our diet for just to uh, see what's causing the problems. So we've eliminated, yeah, we've eliminated a lot of stuff and uh, on doctor's orders. And now we're going to slowly start introducing a few things to see what reacts to with her body. So. But because we've had to do that, it's, we've been on this thing called the Great 30 Diet. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Oh, my gosh. It's insane. It's, <gasps> it's not as hard as it sounds, really. You're basically you're eliminating any processed sugars. So you can't have, okay. you can't have regular sugar. You can't have any artificial sweeteners either. Okay. So, like, for example, I have a cup of coffee every day going into work. That's got to be black now because you're also eliminating all dairy. So, no cheeses, no milk, eliminating all legumes. So, no beans, no peanuts. Oh, what? uh, No rice. And no wheat. Uh, So, it's basically, yeah. So, it's basically fruits, vegetables, and proteins. But, oh. Yeah. And, but, you know, it's amazing because. After just like a day or two, I never got like the uh, like a withdrawal from the sugar or caffeine. Yeah. Never got that because I I try to cut out as many as much like soda and crap like that as I can. Yeah. But you do it for a month, and I've lost like twelve pounds. And my wife's lost almost twenty. So, oh wow! So yeah, so we're feeling pretty That's good. Like working. Yeah. Yeah. Today we actually it's it's over. It, like today or tomorrow, I, I don't remember what what it was, but we just ordered a pizza. We just like, and you know what? <laughs> we had pizza and and had a, a glass of, of Coke, and the Coke. I was like, this is not good. I don't like this anymore. Wow! And then the pizza, yeah. And then the pizza. I was like, 
it tasted fine. But then afterwards, my stomach got a little upset. I was like, man, this is scary. Yeah, like, this is weird. It went away. <laughs> so, yeah. But I'm like, I, I, I'm because we, we kind of decided we're going to stick with it for a while still. It's just, yeah, that's see? awesome. So, so the quarantine's been good for us too. Kind of. That's good. <laughs> if you get my wife feeling feeling better, not just on a bag, but feeling better, then we'll yeah. then I'll call quarantine a success. Yeah. <laughs> the weirdest thing I think I've ever said. I know. <laughs> so, but so tell me a little bit more. When when do you think the album will be ready for release? And what are you what are you doing for artwork since every everything's kind of beyond hold? Well, I luckily I have most of my friends are artists. So that's always been like That's <laughs> good. Yeah, you know? yeah. I always have someone like reach out to and my good friend Lana, she actually has the same birthday as me. Oh wow. I was born or I was born was I born before her? I was born a few hours before her. Oh wow. But yeah, we're the same night. Yeah. That's crazy. But she's gonna do my album artwork. She's amazing. She does like directing. She's just a visual artist, like all around, like media, everything. Oh, what's your name? We'll plug her on the show. Oh yeah, her name is Lana Shaw and her Instagram is Lana Shaw Bitches. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Check out Lana Shaw Bitches. Yeah. Excellent. So, so do you have a prospective date when you think the uh, album will be completed? Um, I want to get it done by like mid-October and then have it out and like promoted by like early November. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. So that'd be a quick turnaround yeah. once it's done. Yes. So I'd... that's why like, I have to get to work now. After this single, I'm like, okay, now I'm, I'm trying not to put out another single after this one. I've been on the fence because I have another song that I'm like, oh, it be so good just on its own. Oh, wow. So, I don't know. I'm trying not to distract from, like, working on the album. So, so that's one of the one of the uh, good flexibilities of, of being independent. Yes, exactly. I don't have a label that has, like, guidelines or, like, rules. Like, you can't put out this song, you Yeah, know? you don't have to worry about, you know, getting your album done and putting it in the queue, waiting for them to release it. Exactly, yes. Exactly. Done, it's out. So, what are you planning on doing to promote it since you can't be, you can't do gigs or anything right now? Um, well, I, luckily, like, I know people that run, like, blogs and stuff like that. I have, like, distribution platform, things like that. And honestly, just the people I know, like, I hate being like, I have connections. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got, you got one you know, that I know of. I know people, yeah. you know. <laughs> you got one really awesome one that I know about. Yeah. So. I have great, yeah, I have many friends and, like, Luckily, like, I worked at a studio for a while, and, like, I made a lot of my, like, business connects through... I worked as, like, a sync and licensing rep. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so I met, like, a lot of, like, label reps and, like, connections through that job, you know? That's awesome. And It was you, a blessing and a curse. That job was a blessing and a curse. <laughs> I, I, I know that feeling. I know what you're yeah. talking about. But the good thing is if you get the album done... All a label has to do is pick it up for distribution. They don't have to actually put any money into creating it. So into print, yes, exactly. You know, so, so that's my hope. My like, well, hope this all does something for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping for that too. So that we'll, thank we'll, you. We'll all keep our fingers crossed for that. Yay. And if if it sounds like the music that I've heard, it's going to be awesome. I cannot wait for the rest oh, of the music to come out. You. So. 
where, where can people find the music that you've released and follow you so that when the album comes out, they can pick it up? Um, um, I'm, I'm on Spotify and Apple Music, um, so you can find my music there. And then my Instagram is the Hawk Percival. And so if you Excellent. follow me there, I have a band one, but I'm really bad at running my multiple <laughs> So honestly, just follow my main one because that's updated things. Awesome. We'll, yeah. We'll make sure to do that. And I'll be sure to, I'm, I'll be following you. And when you can get out on the road, if you can get to the East Coast, to the Washington, oh, D.C. Yes. area, I'll be there. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah, I hope I make it over there. Oh, me too. We'll all fucking settle soon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hoping so. And we can travel. Yeah. Even if it's a modified way, somehow I've... I'm dying to, to go see some shows again, so. Yeah. I know you're dying to play some. Yes, I do. Honestly, though, I kind of miss seeing shows more than playing. Like, I, Really? I was going to take this year off. That's why kind of quarantine kind of worked out for me. I was <laughs> again. I'm like, quarantine's the best for me. I love quarantine. Let's do it next year. But honestly, I was planning on taking this year off and just doing studio work, just reporting. Wow. Because I definitely burned myself out on playing. I never, honestly, when I first started, I wanted to be more like Pink Floyd, like studio album based, where like I'm known for like my studio album work, but it's not the 70s anymore, so it doesn't yeah. really work like that, unfortunately. But yeah. maybe it will now, though, with quarantine. If, you know, you know? <laughs> you've, you've got to do, as a musician and an artist, you've got to do something if you can't tour, you can't play live, work on your studio chops. Yeah, um, seriously, you know, that's why I've been trying to really just make it larger than life and all about my arrangements and just because I really love like 70s production that like over the top, like it feels like almost like a cinematic experience with like the arrangement sometimes. Oh, yeah. But and, you know, I, I've you know kept you for an hour. Man, thank you so much for spending all your Thanks for having me. Oh, it's been a it's been a blast, and I'm really anxious to hear the rest of the music that you're that you're putting together. So, I mean, October is yeah. going to be good for me because you know you you I was going to be getting ready to be released. It's my wedding anniversary. My youngest Aww. my youngest daughter is born. Uh, of course. It'll be my 19th wedding anniversary, and my youngest daughter will be 16. Oh, oh. So, so She's not so little. No. She's so young. I know. I've got a 16. Well, she'll be 16. Then my son will turn 17 in December, and my oldest will turn 18 in January. Oh, wow. I'm like, right in, they're like so close to each other. Yeah. Yeah. There's like 11 months between the oldest. And my, my son, and then like 10 between my son and my youngest daughter. That's so funny. Wow. So it's, it's crazy. But, you know, we get through everything all at once. It's, it's, it's insane for a little while, and then it's over. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's good and bad. But, but yeah, thank you so much for spending your, your time with me. I really do appreciate it. I'm looking forward to, to hearing everything. Oh, thank you for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Nice.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 